بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Tonight we get to juz number four, and from the beginning, the general beginning of this juz, of this para, we are reminded of the the incredibly important lesson and connection between one ayah in which Allah says wa atasimu bihabilillahi jamiyan wa la tafarraku. Allah emphasizes the importance of the believing community maintaining the fabric of community. And this ayah comes immediately following an ayah that we hear probably every Friday sermon, every Jum'ah that we've attended. The ayah immediately before this, Allah says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا تَقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُ مُسْلِمُونَ O you who believe, fear Allah as He should be feared, and do not die except as Muslims. Immediately after that we find this ayah in which Allah directs us, Allah tells us to hang on to his rope altogether and to not fall into division, to not split into different factions. This does not mean that we're not going to have a variety of different valid opinions in our deen. The reality is there are many different valid opinions on virtually everything. The issue is not there being different valid opinions. And this goes back even to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, and there are different examples that can be mentioned. But for the sake of time, we'll keep it more general. Even though there were different valid opinions, even amongst themselves, even within themselves, it didn't result in splitting into different factions. So the fabric was maintained, even though there were different understandings regarding different things, the priority was still kept that we have to maintain the unity of the community so in this ayah Allah says and look at I'll pair it with another ayah shortly afterwards and the lessons we can take from this on a practical level are really profound Allah tells us all to hang on to the rope of Allah together and to not fall into different factions and remember Allah's favor upon you Especially regarding the Sahaba, especially within Medina, you had Aus and Khazraj, and they had basically a civil war for a long time. So Allah is reminding the general community, especially those from that type of background, that there used to be this major division, you've been brought together. So don't compromise the fabric of the community. Make sure you keep things united and together. Are there going to be different valid opinions? Sure. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. And if someone sees it as a bad thing and they treat it as a bad thing, then the issue is within that person, not necessarily within the valid differences in opinion. And it takes a certain level of spiritual and, and spiritual and intellectual maturity to understand that I can recognize a different valid opinion, even if I don't follow it myself per se, I can still differ with it, but respectfully, and I can disagree without being disagreeable. I may follow a different valid opinion regarding one issue or another, and someone may follow a different valid opinion regarding the same issues, but that should not and cannot compromise our brotherhood in Islam. So we need to understand the hierarchy of needs, and we have to maintain the position of maintaining the fabric of the community at the forefront. We have to keep that concept at the front of our minds always. I want to connect this with another ayah that we find a handful of ayat later in which Allah says, Kuntum khayra ummatan linnas. That you're the best nation sent forth to mankind. Just to benefit people. 
It's interesting that Allah didn't specify that you're the best nation sent forth to help the Muslims specifically. Allah didn't limit it to that. Allah gave the broadest term. Kuntum khayra ummatan ukhrijat linnas. The first hospitals created, invented in human history were by Muslims. The first hospitals created were by Muslims. And it, it wasn't only for Muslims. It was for anyone and everyone. They just wanted to help people. They just wanted to live this idea that we just want to be of service to mankind. We want to increase the good. We want to decrease the bad. We want to believe in Allah. But it's interesting that Allah mentioned, one of the few places in the Qur'an, Allah mentioned action before iman. Usually you find the formula, Those who believe and they do good deeds. That's the norm. But you have some exceptional verses in which Allah mentions actions first and then iman, and this is one of them. And look at what, what Allah said in connection with that. The best nation sent forth to mankind. What's the connection between these two verses? First, we have to maintain our unity internally. If we can manage to do that internally, then we can focus on the next step and to spread light to all of mankind. But if there are different factions and fractions within the community, if the body itself is broken, then there can't be the next step that's taken. And when you look at it's really incredible, historically speaking, and this is a fact, when you look at the expansion of the Muslims, especially during the time of Sayyidina Umar, and then also during the time of Sayyidina Uthman, when did it stop? Why did it stop? And it even retracted a little bit when there were internal issues as a result of the Khawarij. When there were internal issues, when there was that internal faction, the internal factioning within the community, then externally that expansion slowed down. So there, there's a direct correlation between the two. First, step number one is internal, and then step two is external. But we, we, we're reminded of every time we go on an airplane, first put on your mask before helping anyone else. So step one, to hang on to the rope of Allah together, collectively, to love each other for the sake of Allah. If we can manage to do that, then we can focus on the next step and to go and share the beauty of this deen with others. So this is mentioned towards the general beginning of this juz. After this in this juz, we have a number of ayat dedicated to the situation of Uhud, the battle of Uhud. And it's very interesting that after the battle of Badr, when there is this incredible victory, Allah reminds the, the Muslims to remain humble. Allah reminds the Muslims that, that we were the one, the royal we, we were the one who gave you victory in Badr, even though you were far less in number. In terms of Badr, Allah says, That you, you basically don't take credit for that success. Keep in mind, Allah is saying that I helped you every step along the way. Don't say that you threw. So, so there, when there's this, when there's the victory, there's this, the reminder to remain centered. So when things are going good, there's this reminder to remain centered. And Uhud was difficult. There, there, there were major challenges in connection with it. So what was the response to return to the middle? And Allah says that He He forgave those who basically had fled the battlefield, the, the whole scenario. But there's this returning to the middle. So after Badr, there's the reminder of humility. 
So when, when there's a su- success in our lives, the reminder of humility. And if there's defeat or if there's a challenge, there's the elevation back towards the middle. That, you know what, things are going to get better. Let me learn from this. And historically, we definitely learn a lot more from Uhud than we do from Badr. When, when you think about it from that standpoint. The specific verse that I want to highlight, the specific ayah that I want to highlight in connection with this package of verses dealing with the battle of Uhud is how Allah instructed the Prophet ﷺ to deal with his community after that defeat. Initially it was victory, then things took a turn for the worse. So after the fact, this is in Ayah 159, Allah is telling the Prophet ﷺ. And this ayah is always amazing whenever you come across it. فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ It's by the mercy of Allah that you're soft and gentle with your community. فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيظَ الْقَلْبِ لَمْ فَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ And if you had like harsh character, then everybody would flee from you. They'd never return. So pardon them. فَعْفُ عَنْهُمْ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ وَشَاوِرْهُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ Subhanallah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Allah is directing, there are three different angles here. The angle of the individual of the Prophet, the leader of the community, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for him to pardon them. And then the next angle mentioned, for him to ask Allah to pardon them. So there's the individual of the Prophet, and then there's the connection of the Prophet asking Allah to forgive them. So both are mentioned, for the Prophet to forgive them, and for the Prophet to ask Allah to forgive them. And then socially, to keep them involved in the fabric of the community. They sincerely regretted that mistake. So, so they don't have to be punished twice, so to speak. Keep them involved in the community. When you come to a decision, put your trust in Allah. So don't feel bad that you went out of Medina to meet the enemy. Because initially, there was this discussion, should we stay in the city or go out? They were going to stay in the city. But then the decision was made, okay, we're actually going to go out. So Allah is reminding the Prophet, don't regret that decision. That wasn't the issue. Keep them involved in the community. Later on, so at the end of, uh, at the end of Surah Ali Imran, there's this beautiful balance between dhikr and dua. There's this contemplation of nature around us, and there's the, the effect thereof of remembering Allah when we're standing, when we're sitting, when we're lying down, and you find a number of different duas, Rabbana, 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 in, in these last 10 ayahs of Surah Ali Imran. The last two points that I want to mention, the second to last, when we move into Surah An-Nisa, Taqwa is emphasized, especially regarding women and orphans. These were underprivileged segments of the community. So we should take a step back and ask ourselves on a practical level, how do we treat the underserved in our community? How do we treat those with darker skin in our community? Because we live in a land where there's this real issue called white supremacy, where there's this real thing called white privilege. And then the darker someone is on the scale of melanin, then unfortunately they're often mistreated worse and worse and worse. So these ayat aren't just reminding us about these specific populations of women and orphans. That's true, but we shouldn't limit it to that. We should take a step further back and reflect and think, how do we treat people in general? And generally speaking, those who may be disenfranchised, those who may be struggling with one type of challenge or another, especially socially. And the last point that I want to mention Towards the end of the juz, there's this, this, uh, uh, the emphasis on the issue of inheritance. This issue specifically is very clean cut in our deen. It's one of the very few issues where it's, 
it's, it is what it is. Take it or leave it. This is the formula from God himself. Either follow it, and if you want to get creative and do other stuff, and then you have all these massive family issues, then that's on the people. But Allah has given us these divine formulas, and this is one of the few issues that it's, very, it's spelled out very clearly in our deen, with little to no wiggle room. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to help us to be united. And we ask Allah to make us people, a community that by extension helps the world. We ask Allah to fill our hearts with compassion towards each other. And we ask Allah to make us people of dhikr and dua. We ask Allah to help us to treat those who are disenfranchised in our community properly as the Prophet taught us, alayhi salatu wasalam. And we ask Allah to help us to follow the divine laws of inheritance. Amin. Wa akhiru alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.